Hi, everybody. Welcome back to The Spoiler Show. Uh, my name is Scott Johnson. That's Justin Robert Young. Hello. <clears throat> Dear friends, gather round, won't you? <laughs> Indeed. Uh, talk about with us a movie and uh, a movie with spoilers. We're going to talk about uh, not only what we thought about it, but what was in it. So if you're concerned about that and you're listening to a show called The Spoiler Show, then I don't know why I have to explain it. But there you have it. Uh, Justin, the movie today is X-Men Days of Future Past. Yeah, there's days of them. Many days. Well, at, yeah. least, at least one, and they seem to run parallel with each other, weirdly. I got a lot of time travel issues with this movie, but we'll get to that later. Well, it is indeed a time travel movie based, of course, on the, uh, you would say, maybe the most uh, well-remembered, fondly remembered, critically. Uh, yeah, it's up there with Whedon's uh, astonishing run. That was uh, not that it was astonishing. The, the astonishing X Men. No, yeah, that. But I mean that. I mean, like that. That's fairly recent, right? Relatively, I mean, like, two thousand four, I guess. So this would have been eighties. Garth, not Garth Ennis. Garth Ennis? No. 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 Uh, 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 oh shite! I knew this and I forgot already. Anyway, uh, I'll look it up. Go ahead. And, anyway, and so the up. movie is uh, out. It's technically the fifth in the series of um, of X Men films, if you count X Men, X Men Two, or X Two. Uh, the Last Stand, which was X-Men 3, which was kind of hideous. And this movie kind of retcons, which we'll surely talk about. Sure. And uh, you got fir- uh, First Class, which was the uh, new cast and you know McAvoy and Fassbender and all these guys. And now you have them all coming together, old cast and new. Uh, even Grandpa Gandalf, who I am done with officially as Magneto. I don't need to see him as Magneto anymore. I'm done with I that. I think, listen, let's just start it off right here. Yeah. Uh retire the cape he's done it great put it in the hall of fame yeah it's awesome thank have, you for that we have gotten we have wrung all the magneto we're gonna get out of ian mckellen <laughs> <laughs> like and that's fine man it's all right you did a you did a good ass job ian mckellen yeah like good job i man. think i think we all know and ian mckellen will probably be the first to tell you uh we're just that's that's about it we are tapped tapped for magneto yeah. on, on ian yeah for me it's like you know if you had to see it's it's I don't know it's it's for people who loved young Elvis seeing fat Vegas Elvis perform and going oh this isn't like what he used to be and well, look it's not that he's a bad there's not that there's bad acting happening in fact there's hardly any acting happening with him but he just I just not buying it anymore him wandering out there in the in the the wastes of the future and 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 getting oh, all the metal against the door and Charles. yeah uh, did, that's pretty Charles. good. Charles. 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 Buy, buy a hat with me, Charles. I just think that I have little <laughs> powers, Charles. Where did you keep it safe, keep it hidden? Oh, wrong movie. I would like the BLT, Charles. <laughs> and, I, you know, whatever. Patrick Stewart's not really doing much either, but okay, he, he gets to let, sit let, the whole let's time. Let's get this out of the way. The movie is ostensibly split into two halves sure. and this is a very complicated script to write yes whereas like we talked about godzilla we just recorded the godzilla thing godzilla is a very hard script to write because of the challenges this is a very difficult script to write because of how many pieces these are kind of self-inflicted wounds mm. script wise because mm. like you've decided to write a movie split into two time streams that includes roughly 79,000 characters <laughs> uh, all of which who have appeared in previous movies yeah. and we have to have like some carryover of their plot from all these different films and we want to introduce a few new uh characters to the to the icon the the, the mythology yeah. and to future films bishop like, and blink and uh, uh who i uh, can't think of anyone else off the top of my head now but a bunch of them warpath yeah. warpath well, uh, freaking quicksilver for that matter you know well, quicksilver is the big one but let's let's just real quick focus on the two halves and they are only in name two halves because it is really one half and then a a little shadow that is hanging off of it the yeah. future is essentially just a plot device to get the past going pretty much uh I mean, the main objective as a character for the main like reason why we're going to the past, which is Kitty Pride, head scratchingly, uh, who can now <laughs> send people into the past. Uh, well, she, in the comic, she does develop this this ability to to not. No, not she's the, the one who goes. 
right. To the she is the one who did it in the in the comic. You're absolutely right. And this one, she's they have not decided, the one who sends it. Who yeah. sends people to the past? The reason they did this is two words, and it's just Hugh Jackman, and he's your main, he's your leading man, and you're going to follow yes. him around. And also, I kind of do buy the whole Logan would be better for this job. Bit. No, it, it, all right, here, all right. So here's 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 the the two points I want to make. Number one. This is all about the past, and that's good because the more interesting elements, the more interesting stories in the past, yeah, the more interesting actors are in the past. Yeah. Uh, so every time we went to the future and I realized, like, wait a minute, is, is Kitty Pride, is, are they just standing there for days? Yeah. Like, is it, has it been? Because it's like the, the story spans over, like, what, like two weeks Like <laughs> in, in the past? Like, did they just sit there for two weeks? Is, well, is time going that fast? Is, that is no. See, they claim in the movie there's a comment made about how the timelines are tied together. So real time then is real time in the future. And so that's all happening in parallel. So, yeah, she's sitting there for two weeks doing her thing. They don't change their clothes at all, right? Nope, like nope. It's not like at any point you see Charles Xavier and Bishop having tea. Nope. You know, like nope. they're just hanging out. Kitty, Kitty Pride has to shit where she sits. There. Yep, shit where you sit was the rule in that, in that movie. <laughs> Apparently so. Yeah. So, like... All this is happening, and <laughs> and really, like, there is some Voyager level techno babble <laughs> up top, like yeah, in the, the first yeah. ten minutes. Yeah. That is just like, uh, it's as if somebody is trying to tell you this story, and they're like, "Okay, uh, the X Men are there, and Wolverine and Magneto and Storm. They're all hanging out together, and then they meet these other people, and they're in Chinese temple, and they go back in time." Uh, and they stand there for a while, and this, that, and the other, and they're like, but wait a minute, why are they just, ah, never mind, they're in the past now. Yeah. When? We're in the past, yeah. okay. Like, it just don't think too hard about it. Like, yeah. and, and, and the movie succeeds because it never really, aside from setting up these kind of really weird, specious rules, yeah. the movie never, like, forces us to look at them very hard again. Nope. Um, and by the time that we are running up against the rules of their of their time travel, either we're more engrossed in the plot lines, so we don't really care, yeah. uh, or they're simple enough that like uh, we we just kind of like are able to gloss over them. Sure, I felt like I glossed over them. In fact, there was a lot of things. There's a scene in the movie that both made the movie for me and ruined it. And for me, that was the Quicksilver scene, uh, which I thought was brilliantly conceived. I love the app. I love everything about the idea of it. I love the music yeah. that was chosen. Which, uh, by the way, uh, redemption for Quicksilver. All the internet did was take giant poops on him. Oh, you know, yeah. Every, oh, yeah. It was like, what the hell are, are you know, is, is Brian Singer doing to Quicksilver? And meanwhile, I think, you know, he was pretty much the surprise highlight of the movie. Yeah, it's kind of like you have to go your move now, uh, Avengers 2, with your version exactly, of Quicksilver. Exactly, yeah, which we saw at the end of... Uh, the right. end of Captain America. And is played by the kick-ass again. So looking forward to that guy. Oh, is he? Movie. Yeah, same dude. Same what? dude. Aaron Taylor Damn Johnson. It. I know. I know, right? Anyway, there's the point. Here's the thing, though, with that scene. Here's how it was great. It was all of the things you want. It was one of the most exhilarating scenes in any Marvel-based movie I'd seen. But then I got to thinking about it. My buddy Scott Kurtz made a comment to me on Skype and said, that ruined the movie because if he can do what he did, which is... They got into the head of the super speed archetype, right? So the yeah. super speedy archetype is always just real fast at everything. What we've never really gotten into is that the world slows down to nothing while he's running around. He's controlling time is what he's doing. It's not yeah. time travel, but he's, you know, pretty much controlling time. And so as a result, moving bullets out of the way, smacking dudes changing the position of things yeah Nobody giving them just like little like nut pats and they're yeah. like what is exactly what is good? why is I that happening i swear like, my crotch was just grabbed or whatever so that is that's great but in in exploring that you just made the most op character in the yes. history of x-men and because you did that he solves all problems and you don't use him again you plop him in front of the tv and his sister and him watch the news he would have solved every problem. He'd have stopped Dinklage from getting a bullet. He'd have stopped What's-Her-Name from getting captured. Every yeah. single conflict that happened at all for the rest of the movie or before it, Quicksilver solves no problem in two seconds flat. And they yeah. and, and, and so I get that you're supposed to escape into the film and it's fun to explore these things and all that. But once you think it, you can't unthink it. And I cannot think of that movie without thinking, well, it's he could have just you're solved the second- it all. You are the second person to mention that to me, that it, it's frustrating that, like, 
you know, as soon as he reveals himself to be this awesome character and you're like, oh, wait, I wonder how they're going to handle the fact that he seems to be able to solve every problem. They're like, anyway, kiddo, uh, uh, grown folks are going to do grown folks business yeah. now. I know that you just saved all of our bacon from being murdered in the Pentagon. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you go ahead and, uh, you know, uh, I'm Magneto and I'm going to be uh, <laughs> I'm young, angry Magneto and I'm going to continue being the world's uh, worst deadbeat dad in history. Yeah. He. So, OK. So because they don't use him again yeah, and he's sitting in front of the TV, uh, he could have just, he's in DC or wherever they're at, I guess. I guess they're in DC. Yeah, of course they were because they had the worst Nixon ever. And so he, yeah. he could have just been sitting there. Well, first Paris. So, so oh, basically right. they, they save uh, this. I think it was very entertainingly put on by a, an entertainment weekly writer who said uh, that there's like, there are three ways of looking at, time travel in terms of popular culture and or two ways popularly. And this one, this movie uses both of them that a it's the Terminator uh, way of going about things yeah. where it's like, you know, this is a future. We can try to change it, but maybe we just delay it. And so they, they affect the future. And so now there's another thing, but then they use the back to the future uh, time travel logic where because they changed it, but they didn't change it in exactly the right way. Now the timeline is even darker yeah. than it would have been otherwise, which is what happens in Paris. So they get into this big fight in Paris where Quicksilver again would have been very helpful. Really if he could helpful. have yeah. run out of the hotel and smashed the seven working video cameras that were apparently all in the Arc de Triomphe <laughs> uh, outside this hotel. <laughs> to record uh, these these mutants getting into a big mutant fight. Yep, yep, and can, yeah. And so that the the Dinklage part, everything that mattered, the the fifteen floating guns in the uh, worked worked around Redskins freaking what what I don't know what the what was that yeah stadium? RFK I guess oh, yeah. Okay. But all of that stuff, not a problem now with him. He's no. he's the, and he lives near there, so he'd have been there in two seconds, taking care of it all, gone back and sit with his sister before she even knew he was gone. Like it, that kind of stuff drove me crazy. Once he put it into my head, it was an earworm. Oh yeah, I, I didn't realize he could have just like he he lived outside of D.C. Like he could have just got uh you yes. know put on his weird reflective coat and and you know get even done it at night. It's so reflective. Yeah. The coat. So you know, again, he's... one of the greatest scenes ever. And then it kind of settles in. You're like, oh shit, this just that just kind of ruins it. All right, but take that out of the equation. Yeah. I'm 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 also a little bit iffy on the movie on the whole. I, I, I let me just put it this way. I enjoyed it. I had a good time. It, it, I got my money's worth. It was fun. Okay. Yeah. There's no, I don't have any real major complaints that made me go, man, what a waste of money. It wasn't like that, but there was some other weird stuff going on, like strange film stock changes. And I don't mean when they were trying to make stuff look like the seventies, that's not what I mean. Yeah. And some people have suggested that's what I'm thinking. And it's not, there were moments where there'd be a fight scene and the fight scene would start out with look like good lighting, decent cinematography, good cameras, and then the camera would cut to a different angle, and I and I I know what I'm seeing. I'm seeing bad, zoomed in, oversampled, digital, ugly, uh, you know, non-film footage with bad lighting and artifacting and stuff you'd get from like some YouTube channel. Uh, yeah. And I don't know why that was going on. The whole movie uh, seemed maybe, to be maybe, real uneven. Because I didn't notice that, and that but the. Maybe that was like like the projector or whatever that maybe, you guys. Maybe maybe I'm. I think I'm sensitive to it too. Like I can that might be I can it. always tell when a TV show or a movie is all shot in digital and when it's not. I can always tell, or if that frame rate's just a little bit off or whatever. I get way weird about it. That's why I can't do those Hobbit movies in 60 frames per second. Uh, yeah. Whatever, because it just I feel like I'm watching somebody's videotape from 85. Like it's just really hard. That's for me. actually why I like the first one though, because what? like it felt like somebody's like telenovela. Oh. <laughs> But it also had like pretty convincing looking orcs and dragons. And yeah. so it almost like felt more real to me. I probably at some point should try that experience. I guess it would always have to be in a theater, at least for now, because it's not really, you know, yeah, that doesn't happen. That really at home. makes. Although, I mean, like the newer TVs all do it, which I think are really annoying because yeah. if you're not. Oh, that's true. I hate that. Ugh. They, yeah, they're always in that demo like mode at Costco and they all look, I just think they look terrible. Yeah. And it's like, oh, man, why did a bunch of high school kids get together and reshoot the Dark Knight? Right. It's like. Oh wait, no! This is the Dark Knight. This is the Dark Knight, and it's and why some people don't have a problem with it. I guess maybe it could be generational, but to me, that twenty-four frames per second, quote unquote, limitation is actually uh, 
in the favor of filmmaking because it, it creates a magic or a kind of well until until I, I think that that the 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 high frame rate uh, has just yet to find its visual voice. Maybe you know, like we are we are used to lighting and shading uh, in in twenty four frames a second. I, th- I don't think that high frame rate is necessarily bad. I just think that it's immature. And yeah. it looks immature to us. Yeah. Like, so some of that was happening here. And some of it was like just smeary, like a fight scene with Logan with uh, Beast. It would alternate between these two angles. One angle looked great and the other angle looked terrible. And I and I couldn't, that was just driving me crazy. It just felt cheap and rushed and, and I couldn't well, get, get my head around it. Also, I don't like real presidents represented in my comic book movies. There, I've said it. I've okay. said it. Well, here, let's, let's, let's get into this so before much, I get into my, my overview with the movie. Freaking so can hate it. Ugh. Like in ge- like, are you against real presidents in your popular fiction as a whole? Uh, it- Would you rather have President, uh, you know, President Elliot? You know, <laughs> I like fake presidents. Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna say for the record, I guess that I prefer it always to be fictitious presidents. I, I I don't like it even when it's real footage and manipulated to look like Forrest Gump shook his hand. Like I don't even yeah. want that in my movies. Uh, I like it. I like there. So in X two, yeah, uh, that was great because there was some there was a big thing involving the president there, and the Senate and everything else, and none of those guys needed to be real. They were all fake. It's president Anderson in his second yes. term or whatever. That's great. I'm here's into my, that. Here's my favorite part of whenever people use Nixon in movies. <laughs> Is that by and large, and I don't think that I'm necessarily stepping out of bounds or, or saying anything that anybody people don't know that, you know, a lot of the people who write and direct films and television shows are are liberal or yeah. at least uh, it's safe to say people who are in no way predisposed to cape up and defend President Nixon. No, which I think is a very fairly small cadre of individuals, regardless of political party, no matter what. Yeah. But people always feel safe to use President Nixon as like a on the surface villain, except they always run into this this problem. At the end of the day, our heroes have to win and nobody has the nuts to like kill President Nixon or like (laughs) like march him out on a rail and send him to jail in your stories. So it always ends up with the villainous, sneaky President Nixon getting credit for solving a crisis based on the work of our heroes. Right. All these stories that always have like the shifty, weird, like uh, suspicious President Nixon always end up with Nixon on top. They always, Doctor Who did it. Yep. This movie does it. Yep. Every time that a science, that, that, that you, know, you do this, you wind up lionizing President Nixon, which well, I plus, always find funny. Well, plus it's, it's not, it's just not, it, it, it Tonally, it just never will work when you do that because it's like saying, hey, we're going to make a movie and it's about this kid in high school. And it just so happens the kid in the locker next to him was Jeffrey Dahmer. But this is before he killed animals and like murdered people. So yeah. don't worry about that. Just just watch the movie and, and it's just Jeffrey Dahmer being Jeffrey Dahmer, the teenager. And he's hanging out and going to parties and asking girls out and stuff. Just wipe from your mind that Jeffrey Dahmer is a mass murderer, if you can do. Exactly. That's yeah. not, and I'm not, you know, obviously there's a difference between Dahmer and, and, and Nixon, although, I don't know, some could make arguments. But my point is, because you do that, because you do that and you try to blanket it in, I mean, they had that one nudge with him recording everything, you know, that was like yeah. a little, a little whatever. But I can't ever take, I can't ever take Nixon on face value. I can't do it. He's, he's going to be Nixon. He's going to be either the, the real Nixon, who is almost a cartoon anyway, Right, yeah. he's already caricaturistic yeah. and and out there and crazy, and the two fingers and the I'm not a crook and all this stuff is already yeah. a caricature of, of iconic, iconic. Sure, you mean like like for 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 better or worse, you know, it's so easy to to mimic and do impersonations of, and everybody in the world could do it. It doesn't matter how limited you could be, David Spade on SNL, yeah. the the worst impersonator on SNL, and he still could do a Nixon. Like that's just Nixon, and he only works for me in two ways: Frank Langella doing something actually historically accurate. Or in Frost v. Nixon or Frost Nixon, or yeah. the f- head, the severed head of Nixon as the president of the Earthicans <laughs> uh, in freaking Futurama, which you were that's freaking brilliant in there. But well, other than that, I can't do it, dude. Although the funny thing is, like Frank Langella is really nothing like that's true. Nixon in terms of mannerisms. That's he's, true. He's just this like character. But don't you think on like, purpose? Magic- Sure. It's I mean, I purpose. think he made it, he made it his own and he was a Nixon in the movie, you know, 
I they weren't going to let him walk, stomp around going. They weren't going to let him do that. So, so to, I need a BLT. <laughs> so I don't, I don't. I guess all I'm getting at is I don't blame the dude who played him. Although at first I thought it was Paul Giamatti for some reason because he was he just had a familiar. You know who I actually really liked as Nixon mm. was Dan uh, Hedaya in in the movie Dick, the comedy. Oh yeah, ab- Dick about- was good. Uh, about every about like the Watergate, the two you know airheaded blondes, uh, you know, like actually causing Watergate. Yeah, Dick um, was good, but I liked him at least. Like, he was like he was very much relishing the like you know like, I'll just do every Nixon trope and just like you know stomp around like a big fat idiot. Like I very much <laughs> I, I enjoyed his performance, but it. Uh, I, I I listen. I hear you. Here's my here's my issue or my thought or my overall thought about Days of Future Past, which I enjoy. Yeah. yeah. And at times it's like I I liked seeing all the old band back together, sure, you know, putting sure. on the old clothes. But at the end of the day, I'm really way more excited to just see the first class, the first class cast. Yeah, me too. You know, stomp around and it's do not stuff. an age thing either. I just feel like it's a. Well, maybe it's maybe it's Singer's fault because in this movie, even I mean, we, we got what a, a word out of Halle Berry. We saw Rogue for two seconds in the ending scene. She got fourth yeah. credit though somehow. Um, I know there's a bunch of stuff cut for. She time. apparently she had a larger role cut out, which I'm not sure, but maybe it was like her getting murdered in the future and like them not being able to like save her with the time travel. Oh, things. maybe well because you know Scott Summers being the same boat from from. Uh, you know, that was well, cl- that's the X3 thing. So here, let, let, let's get to that in a second. Yeah, but here's, yeah. here's my thought on this. I left that movie thinking that was a movie that I'd be really, really, really excited about as being a fun X-Men movie. And I enjoyed it. Sure. And I would I would have left the theater saying this is great. I loved it in a world before the Marvel Universe films. Yeah. You know, because like the Marvel Universe films are just like. They feel so much more kind of end and listen, there are some are better than others, right? But when they get really rocking, like they're fun. Like there are real plot problems with the Avengers, right? Mm-hmm. But like I love the Avengers having a, a, a blast, you know? Like mm-hmm. and and I, I had a good time with this one, but it just it kind of felt like, oh, this is what good superhero movies used to be before we got amazing superhero movies out of Christopher Nolan and Marvel. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, it's, it's a hard act to follow. And I feel like both uh, Sony and Fox are in this boat as Spider-Man two, which we didn't do a spoiler cast on. Which I don't think you've even seen it yet, right? I haven't even seen, but from what I understand, I am, I, I'm far more confident in Fox's handling of this than I am. In- yeah, me too. Me too. I actually kind of liked it a lot better than the first reboot, but, one way or the other it's they're not on the same level and they used to be the level that was the level right back, yeah. back in x2 days and and uh, spider-man one two and three well, well not I, remember, three, but- I mean like it was like blade two was the first one in my memory where i'm like wow this isn't total garbage yeah i like, like that movie like this is or, or blade no blade the first blade yeah blade then blade, was good. you know then x-men then blade two then x x-men two and i'm like you're like Oh wow! Like these are kind of getting better, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, you guys are on a you run. Know, this, this is good. Guillermo del Toro and and Brian Singer, people who have made super other compelling character driven stories mm-hmm. before, taking on these characters and understanding why they matter. Yep. Uh, you know, it was perfect for yeah. Singer's wheelhouse because Singer, who who you know, happens to find you know like the is his uh, predilection and boy howdy does he have some predilections? Some of them. Uh, far more troubling than others uh, is predilection to uh, make everything a gay allegory. Yeah, fit far fits far better in an X Men mythos. Sure, than it does in let's say a Superman mythos. Of course, where it didn't work you have at a all. Brooding Superman who's like nobody understands me. If only I was able to live the way I wanted. But even those movies, I mean, they, the way they led into the Dark Knight stuff or the Nolan movies with Batman Begins and then Beyond, that was all great. And then Marvel came along and said, "Well, we finally decided to put our money together and figure this crap out, and we're gonna we're gonna go for this, and we're gonna take B characters that nobody thinks are gonna be any good, like Iron Man and Captain America. And they're fine, and everyone has their love for those characters, but those are not your top tier. Your top tier belong in the hands of Fox and yeah, freaking it's Spider Man, uh, X Men, right. and Fantastic Four. And they flipped the freaking game. 
They changed it. Their top tier now is Iron Man. It now is Captain America. Right now, I mean, Captain under, America. Understand this. The new Superman movie, Man of Steel, yeah. only barely outgrossed Thor 2 and was outgrossed by a fair amount by Captain America 2. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Superman. Well, that's because they... Superman. They have. Was they basically outgrossed by Captain America too. Right. I did. I was unconvinced that you could make a good Captain America. <laughs> I was too. I was unconvinced you could make a watchable Thor movie. Right. And yet they have. Yeah. They and totally yet we did are it. all. We are now all excited for Guardians of the Galaxy for good reason. Yeah. No. But I don't think that like a a striped geek among us, you know, four out of every ten could raise their hand honestly and give us the plot points of Guardians of the Galaxy, the comic book. Nope. I guarantee they wouldn't. I mean, I'm a, I'm, I've known about that series forever. I knew that it would be a thing that would never be a movie. No way. And, yeah. and, and, and yet here it is. And, they'll, and, they're, and excitement's at an all-time high. They are earning what they're doing. They're earning it. Yeah. But the, in, the, in the wake of it, though, they took these other properties, these hot properties, and they kind of push them to the back not because they did it on purpose but because they're just so much better at this than yeah. than their own property in the hands of others and in the hands of others they're just kind of mediocre and not great and i yep. don't know what's happening it's a really weird thing who would i talking about asking 10 10 nerds if they could have predicted 10 years ago how this is all going to fall out and that captain america winter soldier would be the most talked about the most widely regarded uh, yeah. respected superhero movie, perhaps of all time, people would not believe you if you asked them 10 years ago. And today, if they were being honest, they'd raise their hand and said, no, nope, there's no way. I would have yeah. never predicted this. So no, we live in that I, world I, now. This is the, this I is the- totally agree. And, and, you know, I, I think that it's, it's interesting to see that, that turn. And it's interesting to see me have more faith in guardians of the galaxy than X-Men or the X-Men franchise, considering the fact that, you know, even if this movie is good, I have no faith about X-Men movies that aren't directed by Brian Singer or the guy who did First Class, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, it's not like they haven't just pumped, you know, just, you know, it's just a, a cash grab for, um, you know, any Wolverine and now Channing Tatum's going to be Gambit. Like, you know, I I have no, uh, no faith that any of that's going to be anywhere near good. Well, it also all feels like... Um doesn't that stuff like the Channing Tatum thing and them trying to do these little offshoots? And in a way, Marvel's, uh, Disney rather, is is following suit as well with these offshoots, uh, uh, Star Wars movies. It's yeah. the same idea. They're going to go, you know what? This is working. This idea that we do with Marvel movies where we basically just copy the, the comics model and just, you know, have individual character comics and then team ups and then spinoffs. Yep. And then, you know, they're just doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, they're going to do that with Star Wars. I just feel like they have the card that gives them gives them the authority to do it now because they've proven it. Whereas everyone else is playing catch up. They're like, okay, DC shit, we're screwed. Avengers is killing it. And we don't even, we, we don't even have on paper what uh, oh, justice league get, looks don't like. Don't even get me started. Just, I mean, like don't even, it's, it's, we got to cram flash. We got to cram wonder woman in here. Hurry up and make sure we reboot that freaking green lantern. Cause that was terrible, but we need him back. Cause he's in the justice league. Like you can feel them scrambling, trying to not earn it, try to rush it, try to, it's 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 weird. Listen, uh, step up to me if you believe that you have any faith in in <laughs> DC and and Warner Brothers handling of those properties. Because if you I do, want them to though, because those I love Batman is the greatest hero of all time in my book. He is the man. Yeah. Oh yeah, he, I'm I, sure. from, yeah, a, from a pure the, comic. Listen, I'm not. You know, I'm not debating it. I'm just saying like Spider Man is my favorite. I mean, like that's Spider Man is my jam. Like to for a. A, a unsure of himself kid, like which is the archetype for which it plays to the best. Yeah. Spider-Man was it. And the idea of Spider-Man as like super powered kid. I think I was talking to Ashley about this, about like uh, uh, Spider-Man's rogues gallery and why I like Spider-Man's rogues gallery. Yeah. Because, and this is just a brilliant element of Marvel's writing, you know, is that his rogues gallery fairly rarely is all about, uh, conquering the world right you know with very few exceptions they're idiots they're bank robbers that just kind of they get superpowers and when you give idiot bank robbers superpowers (laughs) the number one thing they want to do is like 
hey, this would make it easier to rob banks. <laughs> and so it's like you have a super powered teenager versus idiot bank robbers, yeah. which seems like a fair fight. You know, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. you figure when you're a teenager, it's like, yeah, could I, if I had superpowers, like, I don't know if I could stop Lex Luthor. You know, that dude's a genius. Like, he built a business. I don't know how to add two numbers together. Like, he said he has a secretary and he has to file taxes. And, yep, you know, yep. like, yes, he, he probably rang the bell on the NASDAQ at some point. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> but the Sandman, the Sandman's functionally retarded. Like, yeah. I know dumb adults. Right. I know I'm smarter than dumb adults. Like, yeah. you know, I figure I could do that. And but you don't have of. the faith, but you don't have faith in Sony to do right by it, do you? I no, don't. and and I think and that's and 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 this is based only on the reactions that other people have had to Spider-Man Two. I haven't seen it yet. I like the first one, and I think what's sad about it is I think they nailed the casting of of Spider-Man and Gwen Stacy. You I know what? You may actually like the second one. I did not hate it like everyone else. I came out of there kind of like an Electro's treatment, and I liked. I think Peter Parker's even more Peter Parker in this one than he was even in the first. Uh, Gwen Stacy's fine. Like yeah, I'm not really bigger, having a problem with the cast. The they're bigger fun. problem, I think, is just more on the script level where they're cramming a million different things into it just so they can they can set up because everybody's got universe fever now. Yeah, they're you know? retconning things they haven't earned. You know, they're well, they're, and it's like it's weird that they want to make every. I think I forget it was. I think it was on half in the uh, half in the bag. The Red Letter Media. Uh, oh right, re- review show which is fantastic. It's really great. good. Yeah. Um, they made the point that it's really weird that they have all of the villains' origins all come out of Oscorp because you effectively take away all of the chances to tell interesting stories. Yeah, you know, yep. it's just like now it's like, all right, uh, we need a vulture. Who's yeah. a vulture? Yeah. You're a vulture. Uh, go get that Spider-Man kid, huh? All <laughs> uh, right, we need a Doctor Octopus. Yeah. Uh, you, sir, uh, Do- Octavio. That kind of sounds like octopus. Yeah. How funny is that? Here, take these arms. Yeah. Which they already had at Oscorp hanging on a wall in a scene. Exactly. And that's the point is when you have them all come from the same place, then yeah. you kind of have all announced that you're going to give them all the same origin story. And now you have, you know, Cabin in the Woods guy going to direct the movie about the Sinister Six. Right. Which I don't know how that's going to work <laughs> instead of Daredevil, which uh, I think that to me, that's the more interesting project is to tell a, a, an, an awesome, gritty Netflix Daredevil story. I'm very excited about that. Then uh then then a Sinister Six movie. But I'm anyway, a, I'm also Days of those... Future Past was great. <laughs> yeah, Days of Future Past was amazing. You know, it wasn't really though. It was kind of just there and it's fine and it's okay. And I would have seen it again if you would have told me all these things beforehand because I still want to see it. And I love these characters and I love the 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 history of the X-Men and how that whole world works. And uh it's just it's great. I just I just feel like they're working on a level that used to be top tier, top, top shelf and someone else is beating them right now. So it's uh, like finding out, Oh, uh, if Nintendo can do no wrong and then Sega comes out of nowhere and does a bunch of cool stuff right for a few years and you're like, well, holy shit. So maybe, you know, maybe this swings back the other way. Maybe, I mean, there's actual credible rumor floating around that Spider-Man may be back in Marvel's hands next year. Like I've been predicting no, for a while. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Somebody in the know. Where did I see this? Spider. Uh, the guy tweeted something he wasn't supposed to. He's he's a executive dude, director man. Uh, That's, there's no way that happens. Spider Man back to Marvel. Okay. That's I gotta find this because you'll somebody. Uh, I mean, like Spider Man. You can make the crappiest Spider Man movies possible, and they make money. Yeah. So like okay. there's. Here, here's what it said. Uh, Marvel Studios to win back Spider-Man rights. Uh, okay, I hope this is... Okay, Max Landis, okay? He is, yeah. uh, he is the Chronicle writer. Yes, right? no, and, and a bit uh, very, very talented. I love his work. Uh, and actually, he one time appeared on a NSFW or Weird Things after show. Because, oh, no way. Uh, yeah, we uh, we know a friend of a of, of a friend, but uh, good. I think a bit of a blowhard is all I'll say. Right? No, I understand. Well, he said on Twitter, "Crazy talk or crazy about Marvel getting Spider Man back? That's going to be bonkers." Then he says, "There's a chance I wasn't supposed to tweet that." Now he could just be totally punking everybody. I think he is. He he very well could be. But if there's uh, any apparently truth the to rumor it, has been thoroughly debunked by Slash Film. All right, well let's say it. Ha- uh, okay, no, Sony is not about to sell the rights to Spider Man. Is the headline? It did seem crazy to me, but 
I there's a future somewhere where they get their they just keep getting their butts handed to them and they and this isn't the 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 leader for them that it once was. There has to be that day, don't you think? At some point, they just sell it back. They get their they get some money back. No, no. As and Marvel has so they much are making money. Movies, I uh, yes. In a world where nobody cares about Marvel comics anymore, like maybe there is a consolidation play. But even then, as a lottery ticket. I don't think there's any way. And this is Sony Pictures had Amy Pascal in a, a phone conversation with Harry Knowles when this story that you're talking about broke, said that Sony will never, ever, under her leadership, think of getting rid of Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then there you have it. So if we've learned anything today, it's this. Be glad we live in a time where we can actually complain that X-Men movies aren't as cool as the ones Marvel's making, that somehow that's actually a thing, that Marvel stuff is so ubiquitous and so big that you're getting obscure crap like Guardians of the Galaxy and two other studios are fighting tooth and nail to make their stuff as good as they can so it at least competes with the likes of what Marvel's making. We live in a brave, crazy world now of nerds own everything and the, the entertainment we're getting now, you wouldn't have believed 20 years ago somebody would have told you this and you just laughed them off the stage. Uh, oh, no. I mean, listen, I, don't, I, don't, I think it almost is at this point, uh, you know, uh, beating a dead horse or a dead horse man, oh. as we will get to uh, in the in the tease for this film. But uh, but horse man uh, that th- this is this is a renaissance. So so let, let's get to the after credits tease, which is another one of those things where it's like. Oh, look, they're doing an after credits tease because that's what Marvel has done in yeah. setting up their next things. But it just kind of felt weird. It's like, no, you guys aren't doing it right. Like, it's not as weird. That, look, it's not the way as... that Marvel does it is they have. I feel like, like I'm a little kid. I'm like the way that Marvel <laughs> does it. It's like when when, you know, your mom tries to make you a burger like at McDonald's, yeah. like in, in the parlance of Eddie Murphy. It's just yeah. like, no, like. The way that Marvel does it is they have a minor character from the movie that we just watched have a conversation with somebody else, and then there's another thing that hints at the next movie to show continuity. They don't just randomly, completely out of context, show us a glimpse of the next movie. They also don't make you wait until the very, very end of the credits to see it. They usually pump it in there a little bit earlier before they do the scroll. Which would oh have no, nice. they they usually they've done it. They've done it. They uh, have, but if you see any of the recent ones, they're always like the big flashy CGI outro with the big credits and the directed by like uh, they did with Captain America two and these others. Well, they, but they did two. They've never not done one at, at the very, very end of the credits. Oh, that's they true. Might, that's they, a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. But they give you they, a major piece right then. It's like this night thing you can count on with Spider-Man. They got to that point and then they just ran the scroll. I'm like, Oh really? Yeah. Okay. I'll wait. We'll sit into the end, but nothing's as weird, dude. As part of the X-Men, a scene from the X-Men where uh, what's-her-name goes to that military camp and breaks those dudes out with Toad and everybody. Yeah. yeah. They show they wedge that into the credits at the end of Spider-Man 2 from Sony. So you got Fox wedging in a scene at the end of the, before the scroll, at the end of the CGI stuff. Oh, really? Of, yeah. It was the most weird. Because on two levels, I'm like, well, wait a minute. Sony and Fox, what are they doing together in bed? But then the other thing was, it just didn't fit. It was just a scene. It wasn't a teaser. It wasn't like a... Yeah. No, that's weird. It was really I, weird. I had heard that they were going to do that. They were going to have a scene in there. But and really, that's literally just to be like, Jennifer Lawrence is in our movie. Yeah. Look at our action scene with Jennifer Lawrence. Yep. And she's not in blue makeup the whole time. Yep. We ever... And by the way, how many times did that script fall over itself <laughs> to have Jennifer Lawrence look like Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah. All the time, you mean? Every time? It's like... It's like, see, it wouldn't have been more obvious if she would have been looking at posters for the <laughs> Hunger Games and turning into Katniss Everdeen. Like, they just want it. They're like, like, oh, my God, Jennifer Lawrence is a massive star now. Let's just have her turn into Jennifer Lawrence, like, at every possible second. Yeah, that happened uh, a lot. She was good, though. I liked her. And we were going to mention I liked her. her but- I thought it was okay. Again, I mean, part of the plot problems that I had was that, you know, essentially our entire plot, our two hours and change we spend in this movie is effectively the story of Charles Xavier trying to work on his Toastmasters speech that will affect <laughs> Mystique the best. Yeah. Where it's like, he's just constantly like, I think you should stop doing this, Mystique. And she's like, F you, dad. You don't tell me what to do. <laughs> and then he's like, hold on. I'll try it again. Mystique, I'm very serious. Please stop doing this. Yeah. And she's like, 
okay, I get your point, yeah. but still I'm going to do it. Yeah. And then it's finally like, oh, no, wait, hold on, guys. I totally nailed it this time. Mystique, <laughs> I believe that you should decide you shouldn't do it. And she's like, oh, is that what you were trying to say? Yeah. Okay, yeah. fine. I won't kill the president. <laughs> yeah, it's about time. Although you still should have killed him. Anyway, that's well. That's neither right. here or there because I just let don't me like ask Nixon. you about this post this post credits thing. Yeah. you stayed right. Yeah, I just oh yeah, you we always stayed. It's a Johnson you rule. Nobody part of the uh, you weren't part of the sucker parade. No, no one ever leaves in my house. It's a rule in our house. I we mean, were, listen, we were doing how this before. Are we still leaving. How are there still people I don't know. leaving? We've been doing this for like seven years now. Well, out of <laughs> out of fairness, we did this before any of those Marvel movies. Uh, when my even when my kids were little, because we just had these hopes that you would sometimes see something. Because movies would have them occasionally, you know. Yeah. So we made it a habit, no matter what the movie was, we just stay. And then when these came along, I was like, oh, now we got a reason. Now it all pays off. Now the now it's our- just one of those. I just I want to take a vine every time and just hashtag it sucker parade. It is such a <laughs> like and, and people will ask. They'll be like asking on the way out, like, oh, is there a thing? Is there a thing in this one? It's, yeah, idiot. It's a Marvel movie. That's all they do <laughs> is they show the things at the end. Yeah. Even the ones that aren't Marvel now. They all do it because now they were so popular with Marvel. Yep. Yeah, no, totally. So all right. this one we see uh well here. Describe for somebody who has no background what happens in okay. this in teaser. this final thing. So you come up over a a rise in a sand dune, okay? Yeah. And there's okay. a crowd chanting and and sort of uh, worshiping whoever's standing there with their oh, arms spread wait wide. Wait, all right here. I'm gonna I'm gonna play a character called guy who didn't see the movie. Okay, and all right. It's not familiar with comics. Okay. Oh wait, are they looking at like the X Men? Or did the X Men go to Egypt? No. It turns out uh, it looks like what it is is like some kind of skinny kid in a robe. Oh. Uh, but he's he's not one of the X Men. No, no, he's not one that. Well, he's not he's not an X Man you know, and he doesn't work for Professor. Well, no, I hear, X. Listen, in this one, you don't know who he is either. You're just you're just <laughs> describing stage, what this is. At this stage is I, at this stage I didn't know who it was because I was oh, like, okay. no, wait a minute, now, who is this? And then okay, so you get over the ridge. So I tell my friend who knows nothing. I say, well, yeah, you get okay, over, so yeah, yeah. So you're still sitting there watching you, and you and you're saying, well, what's what's going on now? And I say, well, he's assembling. And he says, he, it looks like a girl. And I said, no, oh. it's, a, it's a dude. It's a dude. <laughs> um, he's assembling a big pyramid out of oh, thin air. So he, has, so he has, he has like really crazy mutant powers. Cause I've seen that in the past in the X-Men movies that people can move uh, stuff with their mind. Right. Kinetic but he's, but power. he's blue. Why is he blue? Is he from the movie Avatar? No, he's not a Navi. Uh, he, and he's not a, he's not Sigourney Weaver even. Uh, huh. Even though he looks again, features are very ladylike. I would, I would probably venture to guess, as a fan of the comics and who would understand these things, I would guess that that's probably supposed to be apocalypse. That's what I'd sure. say. Sure. Well, they're chanting stuff, and nobody can really make out what the hell anybody in these, <laughs> this Egyptian town is chanting. Uh, and then, do you want to know? Do you want to know about the four horsemen of the apocalypse over the ridge there, though? At the well, end? and that's the point is that it's like, oh, there's a bunch of people on horses because, like. That's totally uncommon in every Egyptian movie I've ever seen. We've never seen people on horses before. Yeah. But it's not like it's not like like Charles Xavier like wakes up after it's not like like they're like this is happening and then you know uh James McAvoy like wakes up in a cold sweat and he's like like what? Yeah. Like was it's, this in the past? nothing to do yeah. with anything. And now I mean and obviously Comic book fans know it takes a very simple Google search to find out this is a young apocalypse. Apocalypse, of course, being an ageless mutant. As, a, as opposed to apocalypse now. But yes, not apocalypse now. Not apocalypse not now. Like, right, right, right. The film, <laughs> Apocal- the apocalypse then is what we want to say. Yes, apocalypse then is what the teaser should be called. Yeah. Uh, he's really more of a, <laughs> a eugenics fan, right? Like he doesn't care necessarily about conquering the world right he is just kind of a racist toward humans and weaker mutants mm-hmm. and uh you know he recruits on a rotating basis his four horsemen of the apocalypse which is why the seemingly completely unremarkable amount of horses on the egyptian ridge <laughs> while the people are <laughs> chanting in a language that nobody in the uh, in the audience can understand yeah uh uh, is significant that yeah. it is indeed he has four horsemen 
Uh, and we will find out in this sequel yeah. to Days of Future Past, X-Men Apocalypse, which Brian Singer is directing if he has not Polanski-style decided <laughs> to flee the country. Um, wow, did you see how, how the, no uh, top of the movie credit for him? They, they waited till the very, very end, they say a little directed by Brian Singer after the entire cast flew by. Uh, can I tell you... Uh, I'm not saying it was on purpose. I'm just saying, you know... Something Can I tell you on. a very funny line that a friend of mine yeah. told me? Of course. Do you think that he cast Peter Dinklage thinking he was a child actor? <laughs> oh, that's a terrible thing to say. <laughs> you don't want to out what friend this was, do you? You don't want to uh, say no. on the air? Okay. I'll text you. I'll text okay, you. I'm very curious. It's a, it's, 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 it's a friend of mine and he's very clever and he's a friend to us all. That's a hoot. Uh, That's a hoot. But right there. yeah, no, it's, um, what he got on the set one day and went, Oh, Oh, I thought you played Joffrey Baratheon. I thought you were the King. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, okay. Every it's set in places, everybody. I'll tell you what, that being said, I was really happy with, I thought Peter Dinklage did a great job yeah, in the movie. He's fine. And I was super pumped to see him play a role that didn't have to be played by a dwarf. Yep. And people just recognize him as they, like they didn't play it as, as if he was a, a a little man at all. Yeah, yeah, you know, it was it was yeah, it wasn't like I have suffered as a dwarf. Like you know, like there is that undercurrent of I want to be special. Yeah, but it wouldn't have been different if you had had Mark Ruffalo play the role. You no, know, it would have been, been different. Actually, Tom Hiddleston had played it. Ruffalo, you know, Ruffalo would have been good. Guy on a Ruffalo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There, uh, I mean, listen. There's, there's just, there's, there's a lot to like about him, and and there's, there's a, there's a lot to like about this movie. But I agree with you. It was, it's just one of those things where, it, it ain't, it, it wasn't the best of breed. And, and there was, there was an era where, where X Men, Brian Singer's X Men, were the best, were as good as comic book movies. They were got. the high watermark. Yep. And we're just not in that place anymore. No. And thank, thankfully, we're not. You know that we're, we've seen now. Better super dramatic because that's the thing is that like when X two came out, which was really the high water mark for for comic book movies for a long time, really right. until I No agree. Batman. Yep. Um, it was great because oh, this is all the fun of a comic book movie where it treats the emotional elements seriously. Yep. And <laughs> since then, we've gotten the super emotional, uh, dramatic comic book movie in Nolan's Bat trilogy. Yep. And we've gotten the super fun comic book stuff in the Marvel movies, in in the Thors and Iron Mans and Captain Americas of the world. Yep. And we've we've seen it sustained. You know, we've seen six movies that all six, well, with the exception of well, I guess eight with the when and Iron Man 2 being the only one of those that I don't think is particularly great. I'm, I'm not uh, even. I'm not even willing to say three is all that great. I think three and two are both kind of cut from similar cloth. Oh no, I I am I I really like three. I think three is super fun. I wanted like um, three. I didn't like three. Uh, you but will never know what hit him. Oh God, I love that though. Yeah. I love I love that MacGuffin. Yeah, I love it. Was they, all right. That bit that bit was okay. I just found the whole thing a little too jokey. It's too Tony Stark jokey for me. And two was it, that way yeah. too. The first one I just I, I liked the more. Well, two I didn't thing. like because it was just like, oh, like let's have one half of a good movie, and then it's like, oh Christ, we have to finish this movie in like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. just, oh, I don't know. And then um, yeah, we introduced Whiplash, and he sits around with a parrot for about an hour, and but he uh, did have that suitcase suit that was pretty badass. That was cool. I mean, like there were cool moments in it. And really, up until Monte Carlo. I love that movie. Mm -hmm. And then it just kind of hits this speed bump where it's like, what the <laughs> fart? <laughs> yeah, I think it's I, either way. You can look at the, the Iron Man's has the Iron Man's, the Iron Men movies kind of have a, uh, a diminishing returns problem. I think a little bit right now. Uh, well, I mean, there's a reason why I think that they're not doing a four, you know, aside mm -hmm. from the fact that Marvel would want to do it. And, and Robbie Downey Jr. is like, yeah, oh, you're just, you're going to need to pay me a billion dollars. Yeah, and they're plus, like, no, just save it. We'll save it for Avengers. Because <laughs> isn't there some SAG thing when you do that many sequels or something? Somebody tried to explain this to me. Well, once. no. I mean, uh, there was a great Deadline article a while ago when all these stars were starting to come up with, you know, all that. I mean, Avengers was a hit. And so now all the agents for all the stars of Inc., like, you know, Chris Hemsworth or Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, Scarlett Johansson, like all them 
we're like, oh, all right, well, payday time. And Marvel's like, uh, I don't know if you know who we are, but uh, we are like the cheapest studio in Hollywood. And that's why Disney is in love with us and wants us to basically be the model of how they run all of their studios. Right. Because all we do is churn out critically well-reviewed movies that are super on budget and super make a lot of money. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, that's all. That's all and, true. And so it's like the element of that that was interesting was that Robert Downey Jr., not only the lead of the Avengers, was also the kind of behind the scenes lead for all of the actors. And so they would they would say, hey, listen, if you like, like we're going to kind of negotiate as a group, we're going to Avengers assemble with our agents <laughs> and uh, and just kind of negotiate as as a group. And if you want to tell me that I need to do this for X less money, talk to Robert. You yeah, know, yeah, he, uh, he became so, point man or whatever. So he became point man. And part of, like, part of it for him was like, hey, listen, we can keep this gravy train rolling. I'm just not going to do the standalones, which I think is, is not the worst thing in the world. No, it's uh, fine. Can uh, I make for before we wrap this up? Yeah. I do want to make a prediction because I don't know if we'll, we'll do another superhero. Be a while. Version of these yeah. before uh, Comic-Con. Yeah, it'd be a while. So Marvel, of course, uh, this will probably be a big Comic-Con because they're going to yeah, get huge. super into their phase three. Uh, what we're going to see post Avengers, yeah. I will take a wild guess. I assume that either a delay of Ant-Man or a new Ant-Man director kind of doing the uh, the rounds yeah. will be a part of that. But I think we're going to get uh, we are going to get the announcement of a standalone Hulk movie. Yeah, I think so, too. Reboot or Ruffalo anyway, right? Guy in a Ruffalo. Yeah, Guy in a Ruffalo. Um, I like him a lot. And I think I have a crush on this is how I think this happens. Avengers 2 ends with Hulk being shot out to space or put in a warp thing, <laughs> right? Okay, I see where you're going. And we get Planet Hulk. Oh, my gosh. And that's the standalone uh, You know, you, you could have told me this a few years ago, and I would have laughed you off, off the show. But they've proven they can do the weird shit like this and get away with it. And I th- yeah. and I think they could do that, and I would be in on that. I'd be cool and, with that. And if it's not Planet Hulk, I mean, they, they might call it Planet Hulk, and it might be something different, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, it might be something that's more, you know, maybe it's more kind of in the Guardians of the Galaxy, Thanos, you know, sort of sure. realm. Sure. Uh, but instead of, like, it literally him literally being put on a rocket ship, like he's Astronaut Jones <laughs> uh-huh. and, uh, you know, sent out to... You know, quiz bip or whatever he has to go to. <laughs> the quiz bip. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think we'll we'll get a a a Conan kind of Hulk story, and then Hulk coming back is one of our big catalysts for uh for the Avengers three, which I think is going to be Civil War, and and Hulk will be our huge X factor for for a Civil War story that pits. Iron Man against Captain America. Yeah, I, the, that division, that that storyline's amazing. There's so much Spider Man in that, though. Are you I mean, worried but, about that? No, because there's so much everything and everything. But this know? is the problem in the in the comic book version. People still have hidden identities. In Marvel, has decided to straight up eschew it all. They don't care. Nobody has a secret identity. Think about that. All the current Marvel good point. stuff, none of them have any hidden anything it's all peter parker and he's not doing marvel's not doing them they've chosen to out everybody including iron man in his first movie it's like eh. no but i think but but what you do is you effectively take you know shield which has been disbanded and you make it like listen we all we have all worked for shield in the past we need now that i have taken over shield in tony stark this is how i think it's going to play out um i predict falcon's a, an avenger and avenger uh two Avengers yeah, too. that 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 we need, we need to all bind bind together to stop this whatever menace. Yeah, uh, and then you, uh, Captain America, is like, uh, no, dude, uh, I'm I'm doing this, and maybe you have Captain America, and Nick Fury on one side, uh, Iron Man, and and maybe Thor on on the other side, and then yep. yep. you can do a story like that. They have to do it. I agree. Uh, just because I mean, because look at like you know, uh, they'll Ultra- outdo they'll outdo Batman, Superman. That's what they'll do. 
Because that's oh, what this conflict is. It's the same I thing. Think. Iron Man is Marvel's Batman anyway. He always has been. He's the millionaire playboy that's a little bit dark and twisted and has a problem. And he's got tons of money, no superpowers to speak of, but yeah. he puts it all into suits and fitness and whatever. And then you got Captain America is the analog of Superman, and he's the super soldier, and he's all about right and good and justice and, and doing the right thing and never tells a lie. It's, it's the same exact archetypes, really, with their own coat of paint. And that conflict that Batman and Super, Superman always have about how to dispense justice and having very different takes on that, here is your chance to outdo DC once again. Beat them to the punch again with that, with that storyline idea and leave them going, damn it. I mean, I know that's, that's well, what they're trying to do with this new movie. I get it. I mean, I think that at this point, Marvel's doing Marvel and DC is playing catch up. And, and I don't think that, that, I mean, listen, if Marvel was worried about outdoing their heroes, uh, the, the, the heroes of DC, I think that that, that ship has sailed, you know? What when if Captain Warner America Brothers- is making more money than Man of Steel? What if Warner like, Brothers sold DC to Disney? To Marvel? <laughs> yeah, to, to, so that essentially Marvel and DC are owned by the same parent company. That that would be something else. Not well, that they ever would. I think, but but we would. It would be more likely that DC, the comic book property, is is bought by Disney, right? Yeah. Who are they owned by right now? Are they Warner Brothers? Yeah, uh, they- Warner Brothers owns. DC, yes. Like, Warner Brothers. Like the whole of it. Like Warner Brothers it. pays for like, you know, print runs. Comics and everything. It's the same deal essentially Disney has. It's just they paid a lot less and they got it a lot earlier. But it's the same thing. Yeah. I believe. I'm no I, I could be wrong on this, but I think that's how it works. Pretty sure. Uh, yeah, then no, then never mind, never mind. That would be that would be impossible. They already have weird crossover where Warner Time Warner or Warner Interactive publishes the those Lego games. And yeah. for a while there, you can only get these DC characters in Lego games. And now the Marvel, there's a huge Marvel game that they now publish. So there's like some weird incestuous stuff going on there anyway. I, I, there's crossover because there has to be like, I don't yeah. know how you get away with it. So the idea, the idea that, that, that Disney may own everything one day, all things, and there will be three companies in the world. There will be Disney, there will be Google, and there will be Taco Bell. That doesn't seem yeah. that crazy to me anymore. I feel like well, we're heading. Well, but I mean, there. at the same time, I think that the more the more you tried to grab, the more slips out of your fingers. And and you know, Marvel and Disney uh, have had a great relationship, and hopefully, Disney and uh, Lucasfilm, you know, or or the the Star Wars property uh, has a great relationship because I think that we would all be very excited if good movies came out of both of those properties, considering how much the source material matters to us. But I don't I think that like the more we kind of do this, the more it opens up the ability for the next thing. You know, it, it, it satiates our appetite on some level, on a fundamental level that now we kind of want something different. Right. And as long as as long as it's bad, I mean, like if it's good, then keep doing it. Right. Yeah, like, keep making nobody, it. Yeah. But it's like I think that this this man of this uh Batman v Superman in the district court of Nebraska. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, oh God, so stupid. Like it's just the, the, that's going to be a cultural and financial disaster. I don't know yet. I want to have hope and stuff. And the Frank Miller suit got, got me kind of excited. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where to go from here. I don't know what to think. Like I don't have the faith. So, so instead I'm, it's blind faith. I feel like I'm just like, uh, what have well, you here, heard since, since, we're, since this kind of turned into a, a, a wholesale comic book conversation, uh, one last thing before we go. What's, right. your, what's your thought on the, uh, the, the Edgar Wright uh, leaving Ant-Man? Well, it can't all be good news at Marvel, so something weird had to happen. Um, I, think it's, I think that they have gotten to the point now where if little independent-minded uh, Edgar Wright comes along and wants to make our weird Marvel movie, he wasn't prepared for the way we like to hover over scripts and make sure everybody's falling in line with the new way we do Marvel stuff. So as as good as they have been at this new way of thinking and, and producing and making, uh, that I think has created a bunch of sort of new rules about make sure now everything follows these rules. And I think Edgar Wright is not down with that. So I think that his, his claim or, or rumors to the effect that he left because or he's out of there because they were trying to hover over his script and make him rewrite things and all that, I think is probably just true. Oh, I mean, 
If you were Marvel and all you had done was turn out critically acclaimed movies that make a gajillion dollars at the box office. Oh, yeah. I think, I mean. You don't go in and tell Steve Jobs how to do something. Are they crazy? Let's say they do always hover over their scripts. Are they crazy to be doing it? No, I actually kind of side with them in this case. Like, I I feel like he, I feel like if he wasn't prepared for that, he shouldn't have probably entertained the idea in the first place because that was going to be, it's the new regime and it's, you've got to go by those rules or don't do it. And he'll be fine. He's got a million projects to do, I'm sure, and it'll all be cool. But uh, missed opportunity here. And I think that letting people have, let, letting them have that purview, I think is a is probably a good thing right now. So, well, uh, I mean, I guess the, the the rumor that just came out today was that the the script Marvel was concerned because the script was too jokey. Oh, and that they were they were upset with like you know because it is a fine balance. All the Marvel movies, although funny and have funny moments, and we often remember the funny moments, they are action comedies with a capital A. Yep, you know they are not comedies with action pieces in them. For which I guess Edgar Wright has really made his bones doing, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were. I think the 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 stuff I read today was that Marvel was worried that it was going to be Green Hornet, where it's a comedy yeah. that's also a at, you know has action elements to it. Sure, and that that they feel that like it's got to be action comedy, not comedy action, and that the script rewrite that that. Uh, got done was the straw that broke the camel's back for a great. Yeah. And he was like, you know, which for him, listen, he's written everything that he's gotten produced. Yeah. So, and Hot you know, Fu- I, Hot I, I Hot Fuzz it. was probably the movie they looked at the most and said, Oh, he could totally do our action comedy. But, but that was, I mean, again, do- that was a comedy. I mean, like, you know, that was the action sequences were like parodies. Sure. Right? Sure. You know, they, they, were, they, but were, they were definitely done, but you're right. They were parodies nonetheless. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's a hard call, but I hope whoever they bring in, well, whatever. I think that's going to get delayed. Yeah, likely. Personally. It was. It's a year ago. This this Comic Con that they showed that fake. Well, not fake, but that test footage, right? No, I think it was two years. Was two years ago. Remember, he was signed before Iron Man came out. Yeah. So this has been kicking around for a very long time. Yeah, um, no, it seems like you're maybe right. Like two years on that. That's a long time. That's a yeah, long it time. only it only leaked online like a year ago. Yeah, I still haven't seen it. <laughs> I, don't, um, I don't even know what it looks like. It's it, you know, it, it's very Edgar Wright. Yeah. It, it's very like Ant-Man jumps in somebody's mouth and then gets spit out. Like it's it's funny. I liked it, but I can understand where Marvel looks at that. and They're like. Ooh, so movie going to be about ant jokes? Yeah, I'll, I'll bet you we see. I'll bet you Guardians of the Galaxy is more their tone. I'll bet we'll see that, and, and then we'll know what Marvel intends. Which, to do. by the way, yeah. if you look at the body of work of James Gunn, and you're like, oh, finally, our safe director is going to, <laughs> like, like holy crap, James Gunn. I love James Gunn, but James Gunn has done some weird stuff. Yeah, his his. Uh... He's a weird guy in general, but his stuff like human Z. If, you, if anyone's ever seen human Z, very yeah. extraordinarily weird. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, slither of course is, is very weird. Super. I love, uh, but is also very, I mean, like, have you ever seen super? I've never seen super. No, this is the one with the, the uh, Dwight from the office, right? Rain Wilson yeah. and Ellen page in a, in just an amazing role of, a sidekick, an overeager like sidekick who you think you slowly realize is like, oh no, wait, this is the kind of person who would actually want to fight crime for a living. <laughs> Just like a spastic, super violent human being that's very unstable and sexually aggressive. Right. I mean, I, the, that movie calls to me. I don't know why I haven't seen it yet. It's even streaming, but anything that's got, you know, Fillion and Liv Tyler and Kevin Bacon and Michael Rooker all in the same damn movie. Oh yeah, what's, no, what's it's been it's, holding it's me back. legit. Yeah. And listen, Guardians of the Galaxy, like, I mean, it, you look at that man, you squint a little bit, and you see Firefly. Like, you just you look at you have that 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 kind of fun is just wafting off it. Yeah. Well, good. Uh, one one can only hope. So, well, that'll probably be our next spoiler show, everybody. My guess. I'm trying to think of something else that's coming. Before um, that. unless something else calls. Yeah, to there's us. something else. Maybe I can't think of anything in between all that, but. 
Keep going yeah, to me, see uh, Neighbors and Godzilla. Not for any reason. I don't have any motive. Everybody, go ahead. You want to really? What we're gonna do is talk about Blended. See. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Blended. Uh, that's a runaway hit so far. Uh, kicking ass. Uh, how's that doing on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, well, uh, I'll tell you what. I can actually sum it up in one rude word. Okay. Uh, shit. <laughs> it, is, <laughs> it is not not 14%. doing well. Fourteen percent. Oh gosh. Uh, and look at the grosses. Uh, oh, that's not good either. This is maybe he's done doing those and doing well with them. He is, by all accounts, the nicest guy in Hollywood. But, oof. I don't know, man. Shouldn't uh, have tied your your, uh, your wagon to that boat. No, that was uh, certainly a fart in my mouth. Um, <laughs> now, all right, so here we go. Sir. Maybe possible future spoiler cast. Maybe Edge of Tomorrow. That yeah, seems that like might. something that people might ask for. They're maybe sure, they're uh, sure pounding it down my throat everywhere I go. Uh, I don't know. If, are you are you a Transformers man? Uh, I'm actually excited about Transformers Four. Inexplicably, I hated the last two, so uh, I don't know why. I think the reboot nature of it feels good to me. I'm a huge fan of the girl who's in it, who was on uh, that Bates Motel. She's fantastic. Oh, she's, really? She is an up and freaking comer, man. I'm telling you, there's something about her. Can't put my finger on it, but she's the next big thing. And then uh, I don't I don't hate Marky Mark. He's fine. No, he's good. Do you know he had a third nipple removed? I did hear about that. He's shown it somewhere before. There's some pictures of it somewhere. I've seen it yeah. somewhere. But it, uh, yeah, it's weird. But you know, Dinobots and 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 more of a focus on what is Optimus, what is Optimus Prime going to do to save everybody? Like that's more than what I want out of my Transformers movies. So he's I'm, just going to look out. And it's going to be a Michael Bay kind of shot. Optimus. This is this is a spoiler. Actually, we're going to spoil part of it. Optimus Prime is going to look out into a, a, a sepia vista while an American flag flaps uh, right behind him. And he's going to say, Marky Mark, get me a BLT. <laughs> On that note, uh, I think that's the end of the spoiler cast. Thank you guys for being here. here. I got well, three BLT references and one right. spoiler that's cast. And all it took was two hours. Yeah, this is this one went a little long, but that's okay. I feel like this comic book stuff needed some treatment, and that's what we've done. Uh, so if you have some feedback and stuff, Scott at final or no Scott at frogpants.com is the place to send it. And uh, we'll be back next time with a whole other movie. Who knows what? Uh, Justin, thanks, man. Yeah, man. Always a pleasure. See you guys next time. See ya.